Welcome back into Hot Takes alongside Cody Blazak. I'm David Smith, and we are back in studio, finally. I know it's been a while. We've been running this virtual Zoom stuff. You've had cutting in and out, but we're back. We're here, and it feels great. Am I right, Cody? It feels amazing. Well, it's great to be back in the studio, actually be able to see your facial expressions versus looking through a screen and just uh, you cutting out and your face is blurry. Yeah, it feels. I mean, I know I have a good looking face and everything. It's it's nice to it's nice to be back. It really is. And oh boy, do we have a game to cover? And and I'll be the first to say it. We were wrong. We were off about this one. wasn't really expecting that. Of course, the big time injury to Jamison Williams kind of put the game back. I thought Alabama was going to be able to survive. There were dropped passes here and there. Just lack of chemistry between Bryce and the rest of the receivers that kind of led to an offensive downfall, especially in the fourth quarter. That Georgia really dominated. Of course, Georgia won the game, thirty-three to eighteen. They won the fourth quarter, twenty to nine, and that's 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 where that difference is right there. I think at least that's where that game was lost. Second half was twenty-seven to nine, and they lost that third quarter, seven to zero. It was a weird first half. Five five field goals, first national championship ever, with more than three field goals in a half. So it was an odd game. Nonetheless, congratulations to Georgia. There, Stetson Bennett played an incredible game. 17 to 26, 224 yards and two touchdowns. Zamir White on the ground, 13 carries, 84 yards and a score. Bryce Young not his best day, 369 yards passing, a touchdown and two picks. Brian Robinson was really unable to find a whole lot of holes in this defense. 22 carries for 68 yards. Not not a whole lot going there. Georgia their first title in 41 years. What did you see from this one, Cody? Yeah, I think a great win by Georgia. you got to give credit where credit's due, and I, I'll be the first one to say it being an Alabama fan. But you and I talked about this a little while ago. The way I see it is Bama was missing a bunch of starters, and I know people are saying, oh, all they're going to do is put five-star recruits in. Yeah, they haven't played all season long. They have no experience, and they're in the biggest stage that they've ever played in their life with barely any snaps on the season. The drop passes in the fourth quarter on that last drive, if Jamison Williams or John Metchie are in that game, I guarantee they score that drive. And even before that, if they're in during the rest of the game, I don't even think they're in the position where they have to score to tie it up. I think they're up 10 points plus. I mean, there's a bunch of ways to look at this game. So, I mean, yeah, good for Georgia. Um, Stetson Bennett's story is crazy from how he became a walk on into an, an MVP for a national championship game. Um, as far as Bryce Young goes, I mean, 370 yards is still good. I mean, they couldn't finish drives, which I think really killed them in the long run. Uh, the garbage time touchdown, which did seal the game, but it's still a garbage time touchdown. The defense, uh, just that Georgia running game absolutely killed Alabama's defense in the second half. And then Alabama's offense, their O-line could not protect Bryce Young to save their life, it looked like. So, I mean, I, it's great to see. I guess it's great to see a new champion. I, I hate to say it, but is going to have another title in the next two years. Georgia's going to – it's going to be, what, five years, ten years, maybe more? I mean, unless Kirby Smart starts just really figuring out like Saban has. But, 
I mean, yeah, that's how I see it. It's neat. It's interesting to see that Saban lost to two of his former assistants in a season two after never losing to him before. Yeah, it was. It was a really, really interesting year of college football in general. A lot of, I mean, it's it's upsetting that the year is over because it was an amazing year of college football upsets all over the place. And this kind of had the feeling of a year that if Georgia didn't win this year, they just weren't going to win. This was that kind of team. This was that good of a team, that good of a defense. This defense got, got sliced up in the SEC championship game. They really, they got taken advantage of and just kind of destroyed. And like you said, that rushing yards, obviously in college football, sacks account as part of rushing yards. So really the the whole grip of rushing yards is not there, but Georgia won that battle 140 to 30 there. The offensive line did a great job on Georgia's side of things, protecting Stetson Bennett. It'll be interesting to see if he's back in a Georgia uniform next year. I know he's like a fifth-year senior, but I believe he does have a COVID year there as well that he could use and come back there and maybe try to run it back. But Georgia losing a lot of pieces, especially on defense, going to the draft. I mean, you can't blame them. After the year they had, they're going to get picked. There's going to be a few first-rounders there. Yeah, you're losing George Pickens, who you didn't see a whole lot this year. But, I mean, he made a vital catch. uh, What was it, the first half of that game? really, really nice catch. I mean, this Georgia team is going to be different. Yeah, it will. And it will be something to watch there. And it's upsetting that the college football season is over it's been a fun one i'm excited to get it back in the fall of course the nfl still going on right now we touched on a lot of the nfl playoffs on monday and whoa cody's got something way too early prediction for the national champion next year i think i think it's you gotta go to alabama you they're they're getting back bryce young um i mean obviously he didn't look great in that game he still looks young he looked young he is young i mean he is young absolutely and those are the things that he corrects going forward um of course, I mean, when, when he doesn't look as good as Tua did when Tua was this young, in my opinion, I think. And I think that, but I think he's got, he could have more talent than Tua did, yeah. personally. I mean, he's one of the best recruits to ever come out of high school, period. And, and, and the way that 24 7 rates people, it, it's just, he's got an, a load of talent. You can expect that Saban and, and the rest of that offensive union, and we'll be interested to see if Bill O'Brien comes back as the offensive coordinator next year. I expect him to get probably a lower tier head coaching job somewhere else. Um, but I, I, we'll, we'll see what this Alabama unit looks like next year. I think Bryce Young at the helm. I think they've got to be the clear front runners, and you've got to expect him to be the clear Heisman favorite starting the next season as well. Yeah, absolutely. the the one th- The one thing I wish that we could have seen more out of Bryce Young this year, based on how he was recruited and what he was ranked, I would love to see a little bit more of him on the ground. You're you're, you're ranked the number one dual threat in your class coming out of high school, and he had what, 60-something yards on the ground this season? And I know sacks account for rush yards too, but I, even so, I, I if you're ranked the number one dual threat, I, I want to see a little bit more running out of you. Yeah, that's something to see. I think that's, that's also something that Saban really hasn't – he doesn't like putting his quarterback in harm's way, of course, and we don't really see a whole lot of rushing ever since, you know, I guess when Lane Kiffin was the OC there, there was a lot more – um, RPO type plays, but um, which which props to Lane Kiffin on the year he's had at Ole Miss as well. I don't, I don't think Ole Miss is going to be necessarily going anywhere anytime soon. I expect them to be another top fifteen team next year. I don't know if they'll have a good of a year as this year because that was a their their best year in history for them. But nonetheless, an incredible college football year. We're going to touch on the NFL playoffs Friday. We're going to hit it pretty hard Friday, so we're going to kind of stay away from that today. A lot of great games coming up this weekend in wildcard round. 
But we're going to turn our attention to college basketball right now because it is madness already. It's only January, and there has been a ton of upsets officially after yesterday. Going into yesterday, there were two undefeated teams left in the USC and Baylor. Both of them lost yesterday. USC was a lot more surprising in my eyes. The loss to Stanford. Stanford, not a bad basketball team this year, but not, not a team you expected USC to lose to, especially after Stanford coming off a COVID break. They were all rested, but also they'd be a lot more rusty than they were. But they look good there. And Baylor losing their first game of the year on their home floor. They were the unanimous number one in the AP poll. It'll be interesting to see what direction it goes in, see who becomes the number one team in the nation now. But just I'm going to throw it to you here. What what have you seen from, from college basketball this year so far? Because we really haven't had an opportunity to touch on it a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, like you said, madness. It, it's already been just absolute chaos. There's there's a lot of teams that I feel like we thought would do well that haven't done well, and also teams that we thought would do well that are, are doing a little better than I thought, along with teams that I didn't think would play well at all playing very well. So, I mean, it's just – it's a lot of just – teams all over the place it feels like um uh, for example Kentucky we thought it would be the year they're back I know they're still 18 and they're 12 and 3 but like I I expected more from them I guess just they had that down year last year you would expect them to come back and just absolutely change the way they played and be that Kentucky team we used to know but uh, they're just middle of the pack it feels like and uh, same for Alabama we thought they would be incredibly talented and they do have the players they're just I feel like they're not playing up to the potential they should be so I mean just overall has been a wild college basketball season already and we'll be to March in no time I mean it feels like this college basketball team or this season is flying by so I'm uh I'm excited to see what else it throws at us yeah, well, you brought the Alabama team. Something with some, I think we a lot of people felt would be a, kind of a top ten team all all throughout this season. Obviously, with that loss last night to Auburn, will probably fall out of the top twenty five. I think, barring what happens this weekend, a lot of chaos left to unveil even this week, which will, which will be surprising. I mean, we're only it's Wednesday today, and we've already had both undefeated teams lose since the last AP poll came out, as well as a couple of other top teams lose. But a team that's really stuck out to me on the SEC side of things that's been surprised. There's two of them. I'm going to start with LSU, though. LSU has looked really, really good this year. A team that really didn't play anybody in the non-conference. Um, I thought coming in to conference play, they were just going to go, they were just going to kind of fall off. And they, they took that loss to Auburn. They kind of got manhandled by Auburn. I thought it was going to be a team that would kind of fall back off. They turned right back around. They defended home court, beat Kentucky, beat Tennessee. Now they go on the road tonight and play Florida. But this LSU team has looked really, really good. If they beat Florida tonight, I think they get back into the top ten. They honestly deserve it, especially with how Auburn has looked and that being their only loss of the year. I, I think LSU could be a real threat come March. Yeah. I mean, we saw them last year, specifically SEC tournament, and they kind of just turned things on. And uh, Trenton Watford also just played lights out in that tournament last year. But I wasn't sure how they were going to fare coming into this season, and they're just... Uh, they're just exceeding all expectations, and it's it's something to keep your eye on. It look because I mean, you, you talk about SEC being the powerhouse for college football. It, it it looks like the SEC is starting to become the powerhouse for college basketball. I mean, you've got 
what, five ranked teams right now very well could be six? I mean, you just look, that the SEC is starting to dominate in a lot of these big-time sports in just every aspect. So, I mean, I feel like it was a matter of time before we saw teams such as LSU just make a break into it and look this good in the sport when we're supposed to used to seeing them in baseball and football. Yeah, LSU this season has has looked absolutely fantastic. They're led by that big three trio of Darius Days, Xavier Pinson, and Tari Easton. Tari Easton leading the team in scoring. But both the all three of those guys averaging double figures and I mean Easton and Darius Days are both averaging almost eight rebounds a game apiece. So they have really their their defense has been outstanding. They're the I believe currently sit at the number one rated defense in all of college basketball. LSU right there. I know Tennessee is right behind them too. And Tennessee's an interesting team in their own right. They're not not the really the direction I want to go here. But Tennessee has been really up and down this season. They've taken four losses on the year. Um Obviously, they, they survived Ole Miss in overtime in SEC play, lost to LSU, and beat South Carolina last night after taking a loss to Alabama a few days ago. And, of course, they lost to Texas Tech in non-conference, and they also lost to Villanova in non-conference. Both those teams obviously look really, really good. Texas Tech knocking off Baylor last night. You can expect them to be a top-10 team come next Monday. Um, they face off against Kentucky on Saturday, and their biggest win of the year, I think, came at home against Arizona. A game they got out, they were up 22-3, to I think, in that game. Arizona's a team with fight, a team with power. They're, they're a team that I think is going to go to the Final Four in March. And Arizona came all the way back in that game. It was extremely impressive from my side of things, seeing Tennessee hold off Arizona on that December 22nd game. This Tennessee team's really interesting. They've got the talent to go deep in March as well. They've got the talent to really win the SEC, I think. And this this is a team to watch because I mean, I was taking that loss to Alabama. We're not. I'm not sure how good Alabama is right now. It's it's tough to see how good they actually are. But Tennessee's the kind of team they're veteran led. They've got they've got a guy who's who's been there. I feel like forever. And John Fulkerson, he's just he's like a ninth year senior or something like that. He's been there for as long as I remember. And of course, Vescovi. A junior there from Uruguay, but he's he's been there for a few years as well. I believe this is his fourth year playing for Tennessee with that COVID year as well. Tennessee, a very veteran-led team. That kind of reminds me of Villanova this season, a team they lost to earlier this year. When Villanova wins, goes deep in March, it's when they're veteran-led. They've got a lot of scores, a lot of different people that can score the ball, and they play really, really good defense. And that's what, we, that's what I see from the Tennessee team, and that's a recipe for success, I think. Yeah, I... Uh- just specifically, the Tennessee Tennessee's known for their basketball most times out of none. You're not going to catch Tennessee having a, just an awful year most times. I mean, I, I, personally, I feel like it's something that we were waiting for. We had, I don't remember how many years ago it was, two or three years ago, where that Tennessee look, that Tennessee team looked really good with Admiral Schofield. I don't remember what year it was, but you you thought maybe this is the year they they do something big. Maybe it's this year. I don't know. I I feel like this year or in the next couple years, we'll be getting some just spectacular season from Tennessee where they might make a run in March. 
Tennessee, this definitely could be that year for them, and that will be one to watch. And just look at the top ten right now. We're going to stick with the SEC side of things. The only SEC team in the top ten right now currently sits at number four, and that is the Auburn Tigers. And, of course, Baylor lost last night. The two teams ahead of them now are Gonzaga and UCLA. Another top 25 win for Auburn last night over Alabama on the road. A quad one win, a fantastic win for them. This team has looked really, really, really good. They're definitely the the front runner in the SEC, I think, right now. Yeah, my my one as good as this Auburn team might be, my one concern with them is, and it's not necessarily the team, but the coaching staff. Bruce Pearl has a history, and it's not the history you want. Just say Auburn does win the national championship this year. In a couple years, I wouldn't be surprised if it's taken away. They, they've, I mean, Auburn is, Bruce Pearl's a cheater. He is. He did it at Tennessee. He's, he's been caught in Auburn already. I, yeah, they got a good team. But, but it's not, I mean, they're doing it the wrong way. Are they, though? Like, I mean, this is, they've, they've got someone who, Preseason was not really was looked at to be a lottery type pick, but now he's looked to be going number one in the draft in Jabari Smith. I mean, averaging sixteen a game, six rebounds, and two assists. He he's on a lot of the, the big boards right now, he is the number one player. I think they they Bruce Pearl's a fantastic recruiter. Of course there's a lot more going on that that has gone on in the past behind the scenes. I think there's more of a way for them to do it legally now, especially with the NIL going through. So I would be shocked if they came out with, with something like that. Now Nowadays, with the way that college players can technically get paid, just not by the university, um, I would be shocked if something like that came out. Yeah. But just, just this team on the court has looked incredible. They have stepped up to every challenge in front of them. The one game they lost was when they, they, they were still without veteran leader Alan Flanagan. He hasn't played a huge role for them um, this season, but he's, he's a great guy to have off the bench, a guy I thought would have a lot bigger of an impact um, he really is only still playing about 21 minutes a game, averaging eight points, four boards. Um, a nice addition to have for sure, but he really hasn't played the role that they were hoping. And the only game they've lost was to UConn, who is a good team in their own right. Not a current top 25 team, but a, a, a stellar basketball program, of course. And that was in double overtime in Atlantis. So, I mean, that, with that being their only loss of the year, is one of the, the better losses in all of college basketball to have, especially as, as a one-loss team. This team might be the best team in college basketball. Well, that's a stretch. I think currently I would put Baylor at, at, at one still. Even though they lost last night, I would I would personally um in my I, I'm a part of the student media top twenty five, so I'm not I'm not gonna have Baylor if Auburn loses this weekend I'll keep Baylor at one. But if not, I'm gonna drop Baylor to two and put Auburn at one. Baylor leading up to now was head and shoulders above of everybody else. They looked borderline untouchable. Like nobody could beat them. Texas Tech went in there, very, very talented Texas Tech team, and beat them on their home court. A fantastic game to watch last night. But Auburn has looked really, really, really good. They've earned that top four ranking. They're only going to go up from here. They play they play Ole Miss Saturday, and Ole Miss is a sneaky team. They're really bad on the road, decently good at home. They play like a top 25 team at home. I feel like this should be a game that Auburn wins, of course. But, I mean... Even on the road at Tennessee, they almost beat them, and they hosted Mississippi State. I got we got to watch that. They they 
won that game. They hosted Memphis in December, beat them there. I mean, that was this Ole Miss team at home plays a lot different than they do on the road. This this is a a talented Ole Miss team, kind of still waiting for them to put the pieces together. They this is a team that could make a run in the SEC tournament, but they they've got the talent there to beat a team like Auburn. I don't think they will, but I'm just I'm rambling at this point. Who who would you put? at your number one team right now? Where, where would you go with that? Personally, if Auburn wins Saturday, I've got Auburn at one. I think they're better than UCLA. They're better than Gonzaga right now. Those two teams are wild cards in my opinion. I'm going to wait on the Pac-12. There's a lot of games to be made up there. I'm not confident putting UCLA at one. We know how talented Gonzaga is, but I'm just going to hand you the floor. I think the, the, the way you do rankings, yeah, I think you probably should jump them if... They win this weekend. I don't think they're going to go number one. I think you might put them at two or three. I do not think they're going to leapfrog to number one, though. But even so, Auburn just... I think there are probably six teams in this top five that could beat them. Six teams in the top five? Yes. Baylor, Gonzaga, UCLA, Purdue, Duke, and Kansas. Purdue might be a bit of a stretch, but... I know they've looked good recently, and they've looked good all but UConn. But I just, I'm not sure how they're going to hold out against these other just teams that have all the pieces you need. Auburn doesn't have fully complete teams like some of these top five teams do. That's where you and I disagree. I'm not sure if it's because of your of your homerism to Alabama, but I'm, I'm not sure how much you've gotten to watch Auburn this year. But Auburn has everything they need. They've got Jabari Smith, the top a top five. I'm going to go into conservatively top five. Could easily be the number one pick. They've got Walker Kessler, who he fouled out last night against Alabama, and that's what opened up for that run that Alabama got on late in that game. It was extremely impressive for them to hold off. But Walker Kessler has looked really, really good. He's had multiple double-doubles at different times, currently only averaging 9.4 points, 7.3 rebounds, and there's three guys ahead of them averaging around 13 or more points in Wendell Green and KD Johnson. This this team is incredibly athletic. They've got guys who average seven points a game that can put up 20 at any any time, and those are the kind of teams that reminds me of last year's Baylor team. They're very sound defensively. They don't make a whole lot of mistakes offensively. And they score a lot of points. And they've got a lot of guys who can score 20 at any time. They don't have that Davion Mitchell-type player of a defensive lockdown, but they've got Jabari Smith instead, who's an offensive superstar. Yeah, but when you look at game changers, you have Jabari Smith. That's who you have. That's all you got. That's not true. Yes, it is. Look at all Wendell, these other teams. I, Wendell Green Jr., KD Johnson, they're, Walker they're Kessler, not, Alan Flanagan not, is still a game they're changer. Not, they can't turn it on. They don't. I just not, told you there's like eight different guys that can score 20 at any time. No, they can't, though. If they were, we would have seen it already. They're, they're not those players that you can rely on that Baylor has. It. We've seen Baylor do it. Ba- uh, yeah, Baylor had that loss to Texas Tech. If you want to put it in comparisons of that, Texas Tech is still ranked. UConn's not. We're in conference play. We're deeper into the season. Uh, t- Baylor's loss is better than Auburn's. Gonzaga's got two losses. You're usually high 
as anyone can get on Gonzaga. I'm not the biggest fan of them, but I still think that they're better than this Auburn team where you have Drew Timmy, who's going to put up 15 points every game. You have Chet Holgram, who could turn it on if he really wanted to. I haven't been impressed with him during his tenure at Gonzaga so far, but he can turn it on if he really wanted to. Uh, Andrew Nemhard, who isn't having the most spectacular season, but we've seen him turn it on when he needs to. So there you have that. Strother, you could even throw him into that conversation. You go to UCLA. You have Johnny Juzang, who everybody knows about from the playoff run from last year, who's going to put up big numbers when he needs big numbers in big-time games. You've also got Jaime Hawkes, who also does the same thing. I don't want to call him Juzang's sidekick, but he is. He puts up those that duo is absolutely incredible. One isn't hitting, the other will. And when they're both hitting, they're unstoppable. Then you want to go keep going. Uh, USC is... I'm not very high on USC. USC is probably going to drop. In the, they're probably going to drop pretty far. Yeah, the I'm not... They there's really a reason hit. I left them out of those six teams in the top ten yeah. I thought that could beat Auburn. You've got Isaiah Mobley. I mean, yeah, he's a great player. I don't think a kid like him can carry a basketball team, especially like USC. So... We see what his older brother Evan Mobley is doing really well in the NBA. He's going to he's probably he's the front runner for rookie of the year right now, but that's a sidetrack there. But those two teams you talked about there in Gonzaga and UCLA. The reason I want to wait on UCLA is that they've the the Pac-12 as a whole has had a lot of postponements in games. A team like Arizona, I'm extremely high on. I think Arizona is a top three team in in the, in the entire in all of college basketball this year. I love the way this team looks. We've had games where they should have played UCLA and USC by now. Both of them got postponed from COVID. If you're, if you're, hold up. If your top three team, or if you're Arizona is one of your top three teams, who are your top three? Baylor, Auburn, Arizona. You have Gonzaga out of that. Yeah, I'm not sold on Gonzaga right now. You I'm were just, sold just, on them a week ago. We we haven't talked about college basketball in Whatever. like a month and a half. You've been sold on them <laughs> since last look, year. Look, yeah, this is an incredibly talented team. Absolutely, they have not showed me anything crazy. That their best win on the year, I think. Currently is is obviously beating UCLA. I'm not sure how good UCLA is. We're still waiting on this Pac-12, this this conference is a Pac-12 to get their get their games together. Their loss to Duke, obviously. I mean, that was a fantastic game to watch. They looked really really good there. Um, their best win, I think, right now is Texas Tech. That was a fantastic win for them. They've got some pretty big wins though. Texas is up and down. I think we're yeah, going to we see Texas up and down all season. They're they going to stay in the top 25, but I think they'll be. Top 10 one week, top 20, I think they're going to go up and down. So there's a good one there. Then you have UCLA, who is, you can't argue with them. They're a top five team. They lost to Alabama, which which is looking to be a very awful loss. I wouldn't call it a very awful loss. But, it's not, as, not as good Tech. of a loss as people thought it would be, you know. Yeah, so I just, I, I'm and, not a big fan of Gonzaga either. I just think they're better than Auburn. And this, this the Duke team. I, I don't think Duke could handle Paulo Banchero. I, I do not think Auburn would have a clue what to do with him. I don't think a lot of teams have a clue what to do with him, but they have other players yeah, being able to score. This will be something that we've watched throughout the entire year. And Gonzaga Gonzaga plays in a conference that you know I thought I was going to get a lot better of an idea of how good this team was in non conference, and I didn't. I, I, they lost games that I thought they would win. They won games that I kind of thought they would lose. You know, this was just just kind of one of those things that I, if they would have gone undefeated through conference play, they'd be number one. And they wouldn't move from that number one spot. Absolutely not, because they'd probably go undefeated throughout the entire regular season. But now we're in this conference play, and they've got BYU that they face off against 
on t- tomorrow night on ESPN2. They host BYU. That's probably their best opponent. On the road at Santa Clara Saturday, that's a pretty good, pretty good Santa Clara team. It really is. But this entire West Coast Conference is just it's a head-scratcher because we're not going to know. Gonzaga's probably going to be a one seed come March. They typically are. Unless they absolutely blow a game, which I have a very hard time believing. Yeah, I mean, they'll they'll probably lose. This is a team that probably will lose one game in conference but then win the conference tournament. So they'll probably still end up with the chaos this season has. They'll be a, be a one seed still. But real quick, I'm going to throw my four one seeds at you in our last 40 seconds here. I've got Gonzaga, Baylor, Auburn, Arizona. Those are my four one seeds. Not in that order. Gonzaga's probably the fourth of that, but like you said, those top three. But throw your four out of here. We've got 30 seconds. My turn? Yeah. Is that what we're saying? Mm-hmm. Baylor, Gonzaga, Duke, and UCLA. I mean, this is going to be an incredibly, incredibly fun college basketball season to watch. And we're going to have a ton of chaos to unpack next week. I think we should start kind of devoting our Wednesday episodes to college basketball because there's just so much going on this year and so much we've got to cover. But we'll be back with you Friday covering the NFL playoffs starting Saturday. For Cody Blazak, I'm David Smith. This has been Hot Takes.